Welcome to the Breaking Wax Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Breaking Wax Podcast. This is episode 44 with Vadim, a.k.a. Bagels and Wax, a.k.a. the Bagel Master. What's up, man? How's it going? What's going on? Thank you for having me. I'm glad we can make it happen. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little bit. I take full responsibility for... Uh, no, you know, I'm just giving you a hard time. You know, no, like, absolutely. I, I completely understand people's schedules and like trying to line things up, you know. It's just, it's actually a miracle it happened since I'm in the future right now. So like, <laughs> here, here it's Tuesday, about to be 11 o'clock at night, so... <laughs> it's 10 o'clock in the morning on the yeah. East Coast. So it's like it, it like trips my daughter out because she'll call and be like, "Why are you going to bed?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's freaking midnight." Like, so it is what it is though. But, um, dude, how you? So I talked to Brandon the other day. He was on a little yep. bit of a media blitz, and then you've been doing the same, like right? Like you've been on a couple podcasts, a couple different. Yeah, you know what? I I guess this is like year three, right? Of uh, of fully being immersed in the hobby. Um, cause I, I fully jumped in in like 19, you know, um, business wise, like, so I guess with year three, all the relationships, all the, all the people I've met, everything, um, now some people are, you know, willing to hear my opinion on things, you know, I've done certain things in the hobby already and I've showed certain things where people I'm getting invited on, you know, it's, it's very humbling um, because I've 100%. watched so many people, you know, like you were asking me and like, there's so many people, people who do podcasts or lives, you know, it's curated for a reason. And right. um, it, it's like, it's humbling to be invited on to, to people's shows. Um, it's cool because now they're, you know, I've learned um, to be a little better, um kind of not fly off the handle i used to do lives myself and kind of rant and rave about certain situations i would see um i've learned to scale that back because ultimately you're you just look like you know you're not able to handle yourself and like i kind of looked at myself and i was like i'm yelling about people that are never going to change they're never going to change their ways nothing's going to change so you know what am i doing you know it's a lot better to be constructive like this have conversations you know um and i'm an open book you know like i've said to you you know many times i'll answer any question i'll give my opinion i always state that it's my personal opinion not the opinion of whoever i'm speaking to also you know to make that distinction you know, just in case, you know, I say something that may grab a sponsor, you know, or piss right. off a sponsor. No, but I, I think it's, uh, it's refreshing. Right. And I think I, like, I always think it's good to speak your mind and, and say how you feel. Like, even if right or wrong, like everyone's entitled to their opinion, even though right. in today's society, it seems that is not always the case, but you are entitled to your opinion regardless. But like, I, I like the lives and you saying stuff, you know what I mean? And I, I think like for me, um, I said this before, like, I don't like, I do this show for fun. I like talking to my, I like talking to my friends, um, and just talk and having a good conversation. And like, I don't think personally me, like I would take money for this podcast if it was hobby related, just because I don't want my views or opinions to ever even like, I don't want anyone to ever think that they're skewed because I'm taking money from someone that's supporting the hobby. You know what I mean? Or, or yeah, 
So, you know, yeah, no, and and that was the funny thing because I've been associated with several brands throughout my time in the hobby, and it, it always at a certain point was, oh my god, I have to be careful because I don't want people to think that that's the opinion of the brand or if i'm having right, a conversation right, right, right. and by by the way the crazy thing is i say rant and rave but really it's me speaking on subjects that everybody wants to speak about and is right. afraid to speak about generally you know right. and it, it's so crazy because i i didn't listen to uh to brandon's episode yet but i heard the glimpse where he turned it around on you with the purdy thing yeah well, it's crazy because we like we recorded that. Um, I should have put it out immediately, and I didn't. And then it was like before the playoff game, the Niners came out and said that like if Garoppolo is healthy, he's going to play. And they're like really struggling with who's going to be the quarterback. You know what I mean? So it's like before they even said that, I was just like, you know, it's just the same thing. It's the hype, right, in the hobby. It's it's like who's got the shiniest new toy for the moment, and then it's just all hype and like, I mean, God, I feel like uh, if Tom Brady is with the Niners, they would have went sixteen and zero, and they probably win the Super Bowl. So like, we'll see what it's happens. It's so hard, and I think you were so right about your take, um, because nobody knows what's going to happen. There's so many open quarterback positions in the NFL next year. So many. Mm-hmm. And the yep. Niners potentially, their biggest if I think right now is Trey Lance. It's not Purdy. Purdy, right. Purdy. Look, their system. Like I think Jimmy G, like Alex Smith, are systematic quarterbacks who fit a mold and make sure they don't turn over the ball. That's that's like their right. key to success. Right. right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it happens, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so crazy. You don't know. Um, nobody knows what's going to happen. The Niners have not said that they won't start Jimmy G. I think it's still open, and it's crazy because oh. he's won. He's already won two games. I think. I think right. I think this weekend, if he's good to go, he might play over Purdy. And uh, I can only imagine whoever paid or you know paying these prices for Purdy right now, they're going to be feeling sick. It's like. Yeah, I don't get it. It's like, and that's what I'm, you know, I was saying, like, I don't, I don't get the quarterback thing anymore. Right. Like, um, I feel like I, like I, I sold you those Daniel Jones, like those are great cards at a good price. I don't know if you kept them or moved them, you know, but like he played good. Right. Finally. Yep. But like, I just didn't want to hold them that long. hundred <laughs> percent. And the thing was when I was buying them for me, so I'm a big giants fan and people right. like, it's so funny because people always ask me about investment and this. I'm I'm like I, I'm a nerd collector. Like I collect, I love it. You know, I there's things that will never leave. So I was a Daniel Jones believer. I bought that for PC. The time, yeah. the pricing at the time, Don was cra- It's crazy to compare to where it is now. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty. I made a profit off one card from the three cards that I bought from you, like less than a year later. Right. Right, right. And the only reason I moved the one was because I wanted to keep the other two. I wanted to cover my cost basis and why not? Right. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I, and I'm, and I'm happy for you. 
So yeah, and and that's how you know the the reality of like doing stuff like that, where it was like the the Jordan rookie that that I guess has circled around our group <laughs> a few yeah. times. You know that I grabbed. You know I grabbed that for Hudson. That's staying in our PC, and it, but he. By the way, Brandon has no issue with me selling, and there shouldn't be. Like I've no. always left meat on the bones for people. Like. It's not about every dollar. It's not about, um, but I think now that things are cooling to, um, you know, I hate, I, I've always used the word correction. I've used it right. for the last 18 months that there needed to be a correction. The best correction that I'm seeing is the wax correction. And it hasn't even fully hit yet. No, it's still, it's still pretty expensive. I was checking prices the other day and like they've come down a hundred percent, but it's nowhere near pre COVID pre 19 pricing. Yeah. No. So what I'm seeing is, um, the new products coming out are at like 19 ish levels, not yeah. at 19. There's, you know, the situation's different. Everything's different, but in relative terms, the right. problem is the old stuff, right? So I'll give you an example. And I, I, you know, I know the wax side a little more than, than a lot of people. I'm not saying you, but I, I'm in on the wax side. So right, right, right. I see it all the time. So one of the highest priced products right now is 1819 prison basketball. Yeah. Right. The reason is the Luca black has not been pulled. Right. You know, and as crazy as everything is right. As, as things have cooled down, I truly believe that's a million dollar card. Right. It's hard to say that considering the circumstances, but because of his talent level, because of his popularity and because of everything, I and it's funny because I don't remember if there's bounties at this moment on the card, but I know several people yeah. off the top of my head that will pay at least half a million dollars. Eyes closed. No question. I, I So. I don't know if I told you this. So I'm not I'm not a Luca hater. I, I think he's a phenomenal basketball player. Um I I wanted the Orlando Magic to get him more than any other player that draft. And we ended up with Mo Bamba because uh we decided to win our last home game that dropped us in the lottery. Anyway, oh, I remember that was a disaster. <laughs> oh, horrendous. But like my my problem with Luca is and his prices is he hasn't won shit, right? So it's like and it's and built in. Right. And Dallas hasn't done anything to really help him win shit either. So, um, you know, to me, he's just he's a really good player that has the potential to be a great in the top five, top ten someday. But he hasn't won anything. And like you got to win at some point, you know what I mean? So like but you're right, though, like that blacks out there. And it's crazy because you said that. And I immediately thought of uh, I saw Mama Cards pulled the freaking vinyl Herbert. I think just yesterday, right? Well, it was yesterday to me. It might be. Yep. So, like, yeah, they're out there. But, um, yeah, a million dollars. I mean, I, I could see that. A black one of one. Prism, Prism look, a after million? National Treasures, right? After Prism is, uh, I, I, it's hard to say. I've always said Prism is like the S550 right. of, of the industry, right? You have Porsche, you have all the high-end stuff like prism is the epitome of the top regular product right, right 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 and that's the single best card um 
you know, no, look, the Nebula, as, as popular as Nebulas are, and I learned this um, from personal experience because I had that KBJ Nebula that yeah. I had moved, um, I learned how the market reacts. So the Nebula is a choice product, which yep. essentially is as much love as it gets. It also has the downside that it's, it's you know, not a true, um, not a true color, not a true. So it does lose. Not, um, not the prism black one of one. Right. It's not the prism black. And, you know, it's percentages. It's not even like, oh, you know, let's say the Luca is, the black is like a million. It's going to be like nine nine fifty. No, it's right. like percent. It's like 10, 20, you know, percent right. off of right. the value right um so those boxes right now are 3500 you know that's the like average price ever for a hobby box what were they at peak do you, do you know so at peak yeah the, at peak they were at like um 7500 okay. i believe i remember i actually remember um people ripping it at like 7500 so it came down but i'll i'll tell you take take that aside let's let's take a look at that you're opening that box. <laughs> You're right. hitting Trey, which, by the way, I feel so bad. Like, I hope he doesn't pay attention to hobby stuff. If he did, with what happens with Trey stuff is absolutely crazy to me. I don't know. I'm sure you've seen it. He's the most non-paid cards I've ever. I've never seen anything like it. Really? His cards. I let me let me post about it all the time. His cards. Every single sale gets re relisted. Almost oh, all his yeah, yeah, cards. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that. They're all relisted all the time. And it's like, the first, why? The first I thought you were talking about Trey Lance, but you're talking about Trey No, Lance. no, I'm talking about, yeah, yeah. Trey Young. Yeah, yeah you yeah, know. I, and, and, and he's a collector too, so it's even more of an emphasis that he's paying attention to it. So it's like. It, it's so crazy, right? So essentially, you could pull a crazy Trey out of that right. box, and you're not getting anything back. You know, look, there's other, you know, MPJs in there, um, and there, there's, you know, a little bit, but getting back the value, and that's right. what we're talking about. Like you said, the prices aren't pre-COVID, but there's there's multiple reasons for that. I can tell you, distributors, the distributors that are in there have to hold the prices high. Right, right. So I lost you for a second. Second. Oh. Sorry about that. No, um, so you I'll tell you something. Uh, hold on. Are you on the phone? No, I dropped the. Are you there? Can you hear yeah, me? I see you. Yeah, I can see you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I see. Sorry you. about that. I had it on do not disturb. I don't know how that got through. Um. Yeah, I just put mine on do not disturb. Thank for the mic. So, um. So here's the crazy part. Distributors have to do a justice to right. the people holding the product. I said about eight, nine months ago at the national, I predicted that 30% of breakers were going to be out of business um, within six to nine months. That was my right. actual prediction. Um, no, I have nothing against breakers. I'm all for business. The realities were they were buying stuff at x price right. the price was continuously at the national the prices were already starting to come down 
There was a lot of change in the in the hobby. Fanatics had bought tops, right? Um, Panini was up in the air with Fanatics. Nobody knew what was going on except right. that Fanatics was getting rid of multiple distributors, which they did. And we still don't know what's going on at Fanatics. Like uh, Josh Luber was supposed to come on the podcast, and uh, and then finally he was like, "Look, I I left Fanatics." He was like, "I don't know if you yep. heard, but I left." fanatics i'm not doing any podcasts or interviews for a little while and i was like cool man just let me know when you are because i would still like to have you on to talk about other stuff it doesn't have to be about fanatics and and tops or whatever but yeah i I think it's uh so for me i think if single prices keep coming down like the box prices have to come down because there's no return on investment at all there's no return Right. Right. And if there's no return, then no one's going to be buying the boxes anyways. hundred percent. So it's, it's a very, but I said that the big brands were going to swallow up the small breakers, which by the way, from, from a business owner and you're, you're a business owner also, people don't understand how much easier it is to get paid by somebody else, work yep. for them and not have that hanging over you, you know? Right. Um, and I had been consulting and giving a lot of smaller breakers the advice of go, go big, go to a big company, go work, let them pay you. You don't have to, you know, it's so much easier. Um, right. So a lot of these big brands were holding product. They, they can at least move it or, you know, are smart enough to understand. It's better to get 60% back, right? Take the loss, right. flip it. And then use that money and make it back again. You know, Brandon said it. You've said it. Everybody who understands has said it for years. You know, you have to take the loss sometimes to recoup the funds to use it for other reasons. You either have to do that or just be okay with losing it 100%, which doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. But that's, I mean, that's what we talked about with Brandon, like, briefly, because I have this stupid Chumo Kiki collection and, like, it's I didn't worthless. know about that. It's, it's, worthless. <laughs> it's worthless now, which is fine with me. I never graded it. it. You know, it was like one of those things where I accumulated so much so fast. And then because uh, so he was hurt, right? So mm-hmm. he got drafted. He was hurt. No one was pay- taking him in breaks. The magic had been horrible forever. So I just kept taking him in breaks and like then I would buy singles. And then like and then the boom happened. And his damn RPAs were whatever, eight, nine grand, like the NT ones. And I'm like, well, I'm not that stupid. I'm not buying those. Um, but then uh, I think Brandon remembered because I, I couldn't bid on something on eBay. I don't, my eBay's all screwed up. I haven't not paid for something in like two years. And it, and sometimes it's like you haven't paid for stuff. And I've asked them literally 20 times to fix it and they haven't. Anyways, but there's an RPA. It was a, um, a vertical RPA, nine five ten, ended for like three hundred bucks. I'm like, Brandon, bid on this shit for me because I can't. He's like, Why do you want it? And I was like, Well, at this point, I just want one because I never bought one before. <laughs> so like, I just want to have it, you know? And like, yeah. And then it was like it ended at three oh five, and I was like, Thanks, you prick. You couldn't have just like. And he was like, I bid what you told me to, and I was like, Well, whatever. <laughs> I'll tell you on that note. You know, uh, basketball card guy John. Yeah. Okay, awesome guy. So no, I don't know him or I've never spoken to him, but I, I know of his account, yes. So his biggest PC is Thomas Bryant. Oh shit, really? So don't give up. Don't give up hope. <laughs> Cause I saw I saw the stat line the other day. Brian's been balling this year. You know, yeah. he finally got a chance. The reason he got into Brian is he had some kind of like personal like 
connection with him and he just started collecting the cards they were super cheap he's mega he has everything because people would just send it to him as gifts because people were like dude like who else is collecting him right then he he started speaking to to brian brian knows about it and so like this season i'm texting him and he's like dude now it's worth some money so who knows you may get that turnaround but you know it's funny because at the beginning of the season like i was like oh the magic got bobos sell me your bobo cards and no one took me seriously (laughs) i was like like if you have something like a, a an rpa a prism like i'll buy it i don't care because they were dirt cheap and then no one took me seriously and now he's playing well and his cards oh, are yeah. at the price, they're at the price where i'm not paying for them again so yeah you know but it's, so things turn around so don't don't give up hope you know you can you can you may be able to to get a couple crazy games and and get that out yeah i'll put um, it all on eBay and get 35 cents it would be awesome that that was the, <laughs> but that was the thing as i was telling brandon like there was a psa 10 silver okiki at five dollars with zero bids with like eight minutes to go and i was like you gotta be shitting me like yeah you know there's (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the tough part right now you know as you said the box prices with the singles prices i think we're getting to look there's plenty of singles i'm seeing that are doing well you posted your hockey post the other day right hockey's doing very well and the key there is the box prices are not exploding, right? And mm-hmm. I've had this conversation with Brandon because he explained the TCG stuff to me where they try to hike the prices at some point and like the entire TCG community was just not having it and right. it didn't work, right? And I've said, like, I've said the hobby, right, who I've always thought the baseball guys are the tr- were the truest hobby collectors, yeah. right? They buy, they there's a method to it, they do the sets, like it's the oldest look. It started with with baseball cards. Yeah. Um, I feel like hockey is similar. It's true collectors, right? It's one thing, by the way, on my bucket list, uh, to do the expo in in Toronto because right. it's like the single greatest like hockey show of the year. Um, so I'm seeing that with hockey. The hockey price prices are going up. And look margins wise some of the like the flagship product right it releases it's like 90 to 100 dollars all right so it sells for 130 and yes that's a 30 percent kick but at a hundred dollars that 30 percent doesn't mean anything to people like if you can avoid if you can afford 100 you can afford 130. the problem was when you can afford 500 you can't necessarily afford 1800 Right? right and what what it did was like you know 1920 prism hobbies right i think they're so i haven't looked but they're probably somewhere between the 1700 to 2000 range you know i said affordability for the hobby i've said it on every yeah. podcast i've said it to everybody affordability was the most important thing for growth in the hobby right and being Whoa. able to afford like look retail wax at 120 dollars Granted, right. look, 2020 Prism Football is still a hundred hundred dollars a blaster. But you can get cards in there. 2020, I think, is gonna go down as the single best class um quarterback wise, you know, uh, maybe yeah. of all time. Right. And uh and last year's class is just gonna go down as the class where T Law was the best quarterback to take. 
I got to tell you, you know, <laughs> I wasn't a believer because I'll be honest, I've said it, you know, I'm not just like I don't prospect baseball guys. I just don't yeah. have the time to do it. Right. So what do I do? I, I hit up, you know, the guys that know they give me a list. So when I know what to hunt, I know what to hunt. People came at something about T-Law. I don't know why. I don't know if it was the Fabio hair. I don't know what it was. My right Clemson, I, I have a few friends that are very close with Clemson. You know, they're close with the boosters. They're close with everybody that told me he was the truth from day one. And yeah. for some reason, I don't know. I just, I didn't watch him. I don't watch college football. And like, I believe you and Brandon both were, were super bad. I'm Rob too, no? Yeah. Yes. I, so like, I, that's all I've ever heard from sports people. Um, you know, like I, I have friends that played in the NFL also. And it's like, and everyone has said like, oh, the guy's the truth. But then even with that being said, like, Urban Meyer situation, how bad the I mean, the Jags got the number one pick last year for a reason, right? Um, but like he was still making mistakes that I was like, he should not be making. So there was plenty of moments where I was concerned also as a fan. I'm a Jags fan, so I'm like, No, I know you are. Like, what is he doing? You know, there was a game against uh God, I don't remember who it was, but he we were on like the three yard line and he threw it like right to a defender from the three yard line. Like I'm like either run it in or throw it away, but like you don't throw it at a guy like yeah. it's just, just stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I, I do want to circle back though. Like with the quarterbacks thing, like I told Brandon, like I, like I'm done investing in quarterbacks, right? Like I had some T law that I got for really good prices because they were so bad. I graded them, sold them. Um, and I think those people probably, if they sold them again recently, they probably made some good money, but like, I'm just done with it. Like, I, and the thing with the hobby is it's all this hype and hype train. And uh, the guy that's the guy, right, in the NFL is Patrick Mahomes. Everyone's looking for the guy. He's oh, he Patrick's a, sitting there. Patrick's he, yeah, sitting there. He's there. He won a Super Bowl. He threw for, what do you throw for, 40-something touchdowns this year, 5,000 yeah. yards. Everyone's looking for the guy, but he's right there in your face. Like, And there have been plenty of opportunities, even with the prices being – astronomical the last three years there was lows where you still could have bought patrick yep. cards and got them at a good price so i mean unless you're going for aaron Rodgers, like i don't know who else you would really want to invest in like brady's prices are brady's prices so um but yeah i, like, I mean it, it it's so hard um i get the prospecting thing right and i think it's gone down i brandon and i were talking about this um, it's back to baseball prospecting within reasonable like numbers too. Yeah. Even though ten thousand may seem like a big price for like an orange, right, or a red shimmer or like something like that. Those were the that was the normalcy before, right? So maybe it was five, six, you know, times have changed. Different people are in the prospecting game. It all, it all so, depends on the hype and the prospect, you know. Right. But overall it's back to that. The yeah. quarterback train and look, I I sold a Jalen Hurts flawless true RPA at the national. My nice. goal was to sell it at the national. I bought it for seven hundred fifty dollars. Wow! From somebody who hit it in a break, who profited off that, right? Right. Right. I sold it for I believe it was twenty seven hundred or twenty eight hundred at the national. Yeah. 
what could I be? Am I upset that it's like twelve to fourteen thousand now? How could I be upset? Like right. I made a, I tripled my more. I almost quadrupled my money. You know, the the person that got it did very well with it. Also, even if he hasn't sold yet, right? But there should be like there should be the normal and like look, flawless RPA out of twenty. To me, I'm a flawless guy. And I think yeah. flawless, flawless is going to yeah. long term catch up to NT a lot more uh, because of the game used, because the numbering. I just think the true RPA out of ninety nine thing. I'm sorry, I think that's a lot. That's a big number. Flawless yeah. is at a twenty. It's at a fifteen. It's at a ten. They have a few different ones. You know that year it was the dual patch. Like they had the split yep. um, for Hertz here. Which, by the way, I, I like that more than any any of the other ones. Right. And, you know, I did well. The person did well. And even if it's at 14000 for a quarterback that just did what he did this year, I think those are reasonable numbers to be playing at. Yeah, no, but I, I think, too, but, like, I think you get to a certain point, right? Um, like, you, you got it at a good price. You sold it. You made money. Wherever you got it from, I hope they sold it. And if not, like at this point, if you don't sell it, then you're just gambling. Because the moment you're, they, I, I agree with you. Yeah, the moment they lose, then you're gonna you're gonna lose out, or they go to the Super Bowl and lose. Like I don't think Burrow's prices are ever gonna see what they saw last year. Even if he goes no. to the Super Bowl again this year, they're not gonna see those same pricing. No, I agree with you because the pricing not. structure, right? The pricing structure has changed overall. Right. Um, and the time to sell. And it's funny because it's the one thing, you know, um, everybody gets on cage about this, right? And I'll bring him up because he has told people when to sell and he yeah. publicly does it, right? He told people when to sell judge and people, people think he does it for hot takes. And right. like, he's actually right about, about when he's saying like, right. T-Law, look, you could be, a, I, I think in that division, T-Law could be, could could be very successful for a long time. But if you didn't sell T-Law, then you're going to be a long-term holder. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But you have to live with that. Because what if next year, what if he gets hurt and he doesn't make the playoffs? You know? Right. And that's what, like, the only thing I wish I would have kept, and I sold it to a friend, so I'm okay with it, and he's a diehard Jags fan, was I had a Spectra RPA to 15. that I graded with PSA, and it was like an 8. And I wish I would have kept it, but, like, yeah, that could have been a long term, but that's one of those yeah. things you just hold. And then if they won the Super Bowl, which might never happen, like then sure, then maybe I sell it. But like, that's what I brought up last year so many times is uh, who's a kid for the who's the Rams quarterback? God, I'm having such a bad uh, Stafford. Game. So like Stafford, right? Like last year was the first time he even won a playoff game. Yeah, it just happened to win the Super Bowl. So like. The only Lions fan I know is Debo. So, like, I don't even know if he has Stafford, like, anything. And did he sell it last year, you know? Or did he sell it when he got traded? You know what I mean? So, it's like, right. that's a long time to wait for someone to win in the NFL. But that even proves my point further is, like, you're chasing all these quarterbacks. And it might not. I mean, like, God, how about all the people that invested in Davis Mills last year? I was one of them. But, you know, I, I saw things that I liked. I have, I know some people I work with the Texans and they really, my thing was they believed in him, right? right? And that's why I went in. But what did I do? I already sold 
X amount of cards that are already covered half my entire basis. Right. Right. So what I'm holding pretty much, if I sell it off, I'm at worst, I'm going to cover everything that I spent at right. best. I'm going to make a good, uh, you know, a good profit because I have, I have uh, four contenders tickets, I think. And the, yeah. what I was buying them in spots. So, which was cheaper than, and I, I managed to hit, right? So it turned out cheaper because the buy-in of the, that was the other thing. The Texas percentage versus the Jags percentage was right. so disgustingly off. It was like if Jags were a thousand, then um, Texans were two fifty. Right, 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 right. Exactly. You know, so to me, it was such an easy like just buy in for the fun. Um, I have, you know, I'm friends with a lot of breakers, so a lot of them were were you know didn't even put up the spots they knew i was taking it they gave me you know a little bit of a break and i'm i'm all for but you know it i agree with you i totally agree with you there but like it, it's um you know you play that game like with with bowman chrome i was buying i'm i'm into the random spot thing right just for right, fun right. like right and i'll do it and see and i i right now i just i just pulled all my baseball stuff because i think it's it's baseball sell time you know coming up so yep. i pulled my my boxes i have five different reds like that that are graded that are just sitting there so i have um patrick bailey i have some guy from the reds look i'm into those cards for i don't know a hundred maybe 150 dollars because of the spots that i took they're true reds or red shimmers that are right. graded right. at the very worst with somebody taking a chance i could get three to five hundred for those cards yeah or or like or all year. of a sudden they get they get a hit or he gets called up no and it goes to <laughs> no you're right though but like that was last year like i i was i was investing heavy in tovar only because I saw someone write something about him, and then my hobby box at RBI had a Tovar base in it, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's cheap. I'm just gonna buy all the color I can, just just because it's cheap." And then he hit three home runs in fucking a spring game, and his prices have never come down since. So like, and then of course I sold everything because I was like, "I'm." Oh, out. did you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Goodbye." Like I'm in this for peanuts. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, but that's the same thing. So like those reds, that's a, that's a great thing. Is like they're graded if those guys do anything, anything, then, right? But like with baseball, you have different levels of like you could hold. Maybe they get promoted and do good, but it's just it's a long game, you know. And I've said this in the past with baseball and prospecting, like we've been spoiled by like the Bobby Witts, the Wander Francos. Normally baseball, it's years until you're in the major leagues. Not I played one summer of summer ball, then spring ball, and then I did okay in the fall league, and then next year on the major. That doesn't happen. Like that, there's an oddity that these guys are getting called up so early. Um, but yeah, but, um, I think the big money that the uh, and I used to call it um, in you know there there's some industrial money that came in there's some big big money that came in investor wise i right. think that hurried up the train on investments more right. than the players right you know and that that happens um and the one positive i will say right now i think there's certain things that have dropped below where they should be 
Um, and I'm not talking about like the Josh Allen RPAs because I think those were way overpriced. Not because of Josh Allen, but I think RPAs were overpriced. Um, they shouldn't have been 70. Uh, I'm okay with 25. You know, as crazy as that may seem, I'm okay with the $25,000 card right. if it's like a high grade and whatever. But I think that I'm seeing a lot of people buy up stuff like LeBron. And you you know, you've seen. I am not a LeBron fan. As, as in, I, I think he's an amazing athlete. I'm not a fan. You know, um, he's going to break records. And he's one of the greatest players of all time. Right? He's got to be top five because of right. his accolades. His market's way too low <laughs> right now for who he is. Right? Like the Jordan market, if if there were comparable cards, which they're not, you know, right. um, they're very different, you know, and the types of cards. But if there were the Jordans would never have dipped. And granted, Jordan never played on a team that, you know, like this and they're struggling. But it's so volatile that like guys like like him, I think, you know, are a great buy. Yeah. You know. If you have the money, if you're liquid, you know, if you're long term, and it's not about him breaking the record. It's about when he retires, you know, and people are going to start buying when his Hall right. of Fame and all that. That's right. when, you know, that's when it's going to go up, you know. Yeah. I, like, I'm glad you ended up with the Jordan, um, the rookie. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to move it. And then I don't know how it even came about, but, um, I well, think you I wanted TCG. No, I, I don't. I didn't want TCG. The thing is, Brandon is such a good friend that he offered me triple the value because he was so good on it, right? And that, and that's why I always say like there's like people like that don't exist. Um, and I'm just very happy that he's in our circle of friends, you know. But like, so he offered it, and then I, you know, I thought hard about it for about a day, and I was like. I appreciate it. Thank you. So I did it, you know, and then he was like, Oh, well, I sold the Jordan to Vadim. And I was like, that's awesome. I'm glad at least it stayed within. But like, for me, the Jordan thing, like, I don't, I don't care about the grade, right? Like if I could find a, a two, like a PSA one and a half or a two or VGS two, I'd be happy just because I, I just want it for the sentimental value, not the, right. not the monetary value of it. Right. So, yeah. And that's my problem. Cause you asked me for the two five. And I emotionally don't know if I could sell. That was the first one that right. not only Hudson had. Right. If, if he ends up liking cards for the rest of his life, he may touch like 30 Jordan rookies, right? right. That was the first one that I ever had also. Right. right. You know, so it was like I made him understand that in order to get the seven, we had to give up the two five, right? Yeah. And he was actually like, look, explaining that to a six-year-old. But a six-year-old that grew up in the hobby, at least he like he got it and he was right. fine with it. And then, you know, I brought it like it's been in the briefcase, my like to like show briefcase that I bring around where right. and every time people like grab it, I'm like, no, no, put that back. That's not supposed to be in there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? And they're like, What well, what do you mean? Because everybody grabs that card. Yeah. You know, I, people um, you know, Kyle, uh, King of Cards. Yeah. So he saw that card at a show and did like content on it when he first saw that card. You know, the the pop count on it is lower than anything else. It's a super yep. cool card. Um, and it's crazy because the subgrades are really good. Minus if it wasn't for the surface grade, that card that card's easy a seven five, eight. Right. Right, right. You right. know, 
Um, but like stuff like that and yeah, having people like that and, and surrounding yourself. And that's the one thing that I'll say this last year and from national on, I learned so many harsh lessons at national and it's crazy because it's only, I, so my first national was Chicago in 21, you know, I'd been around, I just, and I grew up collecting. I just never went to the national. It was never, right. you know, I always, um, so being what it was and like last the first experience in 21 was so overwhelming and like there's so much there's not enough time to walk the room with the amount of meetings i had and the amount of stuff that was going on i wish i could just throw on headphones put a hat on put a hood on and just walk the show to actually see the room right. i had no time to even do it in 22 but i'll tell you with a one of the best things is like that group chat and i think you put me in that yep. it's like family right and i spent so much time with not only you know like those guys were all at our table we were all hanging you know it was such like a good and that was the best part of this hobby is the relationships right right, right. and like true relationships like and and this show, this past national, I found, so, unfortunately, found several snakes that were around me that, you know, I I found out the hard way. And, yep. you know, that's been the one, it's been like the year of the cleanse for yeah. me. I walked out of national with friends who, mo like, we don't see each other most of the time, right? We We speak we all speak on almost a daily basis in a, in a group chat, but right. we, you know, those people are more family than people who, who I do was doing business with on a daily basis. Yeah. And it's so crazy to me because I've always said it's so much easier to just be a good person. And like, yeah. you're talking about like making the sale, like why are you hammering your friend? Like, you know right. what you're into a card for, why are you and i get like the friendly banter right like i remember when i was when i was selling that kpj there were a lot of like big big hustlers and like investors in the hobby everybody it was because that it was a psa 10 kpj it was before he got traded um you know so i had it um before he got traded to the um rockets right. and then everybody had their way of trying to pitch me on why the card was going to be bad and I'm right. like, you guys forget I do business with you guys on a weekly basis. I know you guys. You're going to be pitching the other direction as soon as you own the card. Right. Right. And I, the friendly banter and like that, I'm totally with. Like, that's who I am. Right. But like the bullshit and people just scumming each other on a – and I see so much of it. And it's yeah. like, you know, you would think um, that – every deal is what people's like livelihood depends on and it doesn't that's the worst right. part right 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 you know yeah it's tough man and that's like i always keep a tight circle like i don't i think like with the hobby too like i'm not i'm not trying to alienate anyone or like i just don't i just want to associate with people that i think are that way you know what i mean and uh it, and it's weird because like, you know, I talk about Brandon a lot and then he comes on the show a lot, but like him and I, he's like one of my best friends and we've only hung out in yep. real life like a handful of times, but I talk to that dude like every day. It's crazy. Um, 
Same. But yeah, yeah. But you know, so but yeah, I get it though. Like um it's tough, man. Like even there was a breaker, and I'm not gonna say his name because he's a piece of shit, but like um I had some cards come back from PSA and like the last comps were what they were, and then he was offering me half because it comped for half like a couple weeks before. And I was like, look, man, like I'm I'm if anyone's ever dealt with me, I'm open to like what do you think's fair? You know what I mean? Um, and I'll, I'll work with people. I don't care. You know what I mean? Cause this isn't my livelihood. This is just my hobby. And, uh, but then like, he was like, well, I have to make money in this and that. And I was like, well, I understand that. But like, you, now you're going at me at the point where it's like, it's offensive, me, right? You want me to take money off of my plate or my family be, for you? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I'm just like, then he got all like shitty about it. And I was just like, dude, I like you, the comp was 200 and you offered me a hundred. I don't, well, there's, there's a, there's a thing with like where th things do get offensive, yeah. especially with a good person. And that's where I say, like, you could do good business and you could just say, you know, there's been plenty of times where people have made me offers and I'm like, listen, that's just too low. We could, it you don't need to burn a relationship there's ways on right. how to speak there's ways and i feel like i've said this don from day one right you've dealt with people your your whole life in person and you know how to deal with people right you're because of what you do work-wise because of right. so so many of these people and i know the i know the person that you're talking about are people their entire lives is speaking to people on a the phone they yeah. don't have friends oh, yeah. if they have friends they deal with three four people right they don't know how to function in society on a normal basis and it's this is the one thing right because when i first came in in 19 i found so much keyboard warriors you know like it was like are you guys do you guys think that it's okay to speak like that because when you run into people and i'm not even talking about me at all but i'm like you understand when you say certain things and you run into people in real life that's going to become a problem for you right oh yeah oh yeah and it's like the same thing and it's like how to behave you know in normal society and i feel like so much of the hobby because so much of the hobby was born during covid when stuff was shut down and people really right when they see people in person you know i had a, i had a couple of situations uh did i did you lose me or not no no you're good i was uh, just laughing because it fell out <laughs> um i had a couple of situations where i ran into people you know i i was um i was associated with a very big brand and they're like family to me you know um pull wax mikey you know from day one um and you know some of what what i dealt you know with and you know when i worked with mikey and like did some stuff was was dealing with like issues or like if there was ever you know with customer service stuff or just right. back end stuff right and i had a person by the way it's the same person that said you know you had the situation with this person said to me i'm i will badmouth the brand all day long i don't like the brand and i said so why don't you come on and 
Mike wants to speak to you in in a live, you know, in a live, um, you know, and discuss whatever questions you have. He's doing a live, jump in, do a do a live with him. The literal response to that, literal response was, that will do nothing for my brand, so I have no interest in it. Yeah. Yeah. What so so you have no problem bad mouthing people all over the place. You have no problem. You know, and then I had I had another situation, same, same, you know, it, it was somebody, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of heat be, be, before backyard, Mikey got all the hate, which yeah. is crazy to me. Um, you know, but I ran into another person at a trade night. Didn't even realize the person was like 17 years old. I never knew that when the person was talking all the shit that they were talking. Right. So we're at a trade night. Um, the person came up to me and said hello to me. I was actually, Samantha and Hudson were there. And I'm in the middle of like showing Hudson something. And the person goes, oh, Vadim? And I looked up and just froze. Because right. I hadn't, I've never, I'd never met the person, um, you know, before. Spoke to the person a bunch. And I just froze. And I was like, wow, okay. So I'm like, all right, you know, totally cool. You know, I handle it. You know, I mean, there's nothing that really handle, right? But I'm a person who I don't forget things. And, right. you know, I'm an adult and I'm going to have an adult conversation, you know, right. at some point, especially with a child. Kid right. was like 17 years old. So the the Samantha and Hudson leave the the trade nights like dying down. It's like ten o'clock, and I said I I grabbed um, the person. And I said, "Why don't we go outside, you know, and just have a talk, just me and you, right. you know?" Now right. that everybody, and he started shaking, and I'm like, "Oh, dude, I, it's not that at all." And if it was <laughs> that, it would have already happened. Like, right, right. I want to have. I'm like. So I, I asked them, I said, you know, look, you didn't like, um, you know, pull wax, the brand, what, like what, but why that's your personal opinion. I yeah. saw you in group chats and text, you know, to me personally, just saying all these things. Why? Like, what, what is it to you? Right. Right. And the kid's like standing there shaking and I'm like, dude, I'm not going to hit you. Like, you right. know, like this right. isn't what this is about. You it's know, it. I'm it's... actually trying right. to explain to you that at some point you're going to run into the person. And like, I have no issues with you. I'm yeah. literally doing like a big brother thing. And I'm trying to explain to you that that's not how you behave. And there's no reason for it. Because well, at some point you speak to the person and you're going to be uncomfortable. Right. Well, and... and... And like, you know, you never want to be this way, but it does get to the point sometimes as an adult where you're like, I, I actually have way more to lose than you. I'm not really sure if people can be like, it's like, I don't know if people can comprehend. That. Oh, I said, I said, I said, I yeah. said that to him. Cause I was like, you understand, right? Like, I don't think like what my 25 year old self thought yeah. and I already was a business owner at 25. Right. You know, but what I thought versus at 38 and I know in today's society, they're going right after my business. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. It would be all over social media and everything. Oh, in a heartbeat. How, so to the business though, like, um, how's, how's the bagel shop doing? Like, are, 
are the online orders is that advantageous for your business or is it a pain i always wondered that so i'll tell you um i'm i'm an old soul in a modern business and i am a marketing you know guy um if you don't use social media and you don't use um let's say online ordering and stuff like that i think you're leaving money on the table right um so i consult um in this industry as well and people bring me in and like i've consulted for people who have 55 year old owners right who refuse to um who refuse to bring in stuff like that and the first thing i tell them is you're literally leaving even if you're leaving a thousand dollars a week on the table why yeah. why you know people will order from an in and people will order from an inferior store and product just because they offer that so why I mean, are you leaving that right and the way things are nowadays like like for me for instance if i like i'm a foodie if i see something online and i see this restaurant and i'm like man it'd be awesome if they delivered and they don't i'm like immediately disappointed like uh one of my buddies on my personal account god where's he he lives in like milwaukee or something but he's always posting like the most insane food and then he was posting about this place that does like these every week they do like these custom soup dumplings but they're like yep, all these yep. like different varieties and um and they do a local delivery i'm like dude talk to them to see if they'll deliver and he's like they're trying to figure it out i'm like well they need to figure it out like it's freaking 2023 like i can get i can get bagels from new york why can't i get yeah. some dumplings you know what i mean like it just but yeah but, but like i but i appreciate it though like my my parents my my in-laws like that was the best gift they got for christmas you know what i mean it was like new york bagels and and plus my my parents are from the northeast my wife's she's yeah. from new, he's from new york you know so it's like the best thing so i like i 100 percent appreciate it um no and it's you know it's so funny it's so easy for me and originally uh, i'll tell you this originated and it was a relationship thing you know mm -hmm. mikey would order as a thank you um would send packages i would send packages um he would order and send stuff for like big big customers so like yeah. customers that were were spending you know a lot of money or like sometimes he did it or he did it for the holidays and he would like that's where it all originated one day him and i were talking and he's like you know i'm trying to do like a thank you for some people and i was like oh you know i could chip and he was like whoa and financially it's funny right <laughs> it could be like a hundred dollar package but it goes so much more than than somebody even buying like a mega gift yeah. because it it's like the little thing that the hometown feel like the the something it it just you know and i'm i'm so happy i'm able to do it for people um and you're not the only one i have so many people that send to their families all yeah. the time where we you know and stuff like that i mean for me though like you know i was deployed last year in georgia not overseas but like you sent me bagels and i didn't know about it and they showed up and i was like what is this and then when i opened it it was like it was heaven you know what i mean like i'm, not, I'm from florida i'm from florida but i've lived in new york like god seven eight years of my adult life because of work and like right. it was awesome right. you know it was awesome but like uh 
so like at your like your shop do you get yep. a lot of people that ask for discounts or like try to get stuff for free from you so i'll tell you um i'm in a very affluent area um right. the store is in literally like a one percenter area right, right, right. of the country and i mean that in the best way possible i i yeah. um people think i know, I know that, where you're at that people always tell me like my customers complain about other customers and they're like oh it's so tough to me that's my bread and butter i know how to deal with with people they they garner a certain amount of attention i'm absolutely willing to give it to them my dad taught me you know one of the first things that my dad taught me was no does not exist right. and people of a certain financial standing do not ever want to hear no right right and there's nothing wrong with that people see that they're look if you don't want to do that that's fine but i i'm a solutions person right so it doesn't have to be no it's get creative figure out how to do it and make it happen you know it's that it's that simple um so i don't generally ask uh get asked for discount discounted stuff um something that's super important is being community involved so we sponsor everything down the line you know little league team soccer team whatever high school like cheerleading kick line um right. whatever event you know i'm more than happy to collab you know people don't understand how important it is marketing wise to do the right thing and not for self-gain for people right. will respect you because you're giving back to the community you're i'm making i have a business in that community the right, right. thing to do is help out you know they they have school fundraisers so like for example, like a popular one because we sell a ton of iced coffee and it's super popular with with the neighborhood, you know. So we'll do where all the profit from let let's say one day um, off of iced coffee will go, you know, to that'll be the fundraiser for an event. Right, right, right. I this is just an idea. So like with yep. Flow Motion, we partnered with. Uh, a sandwich place it's like one of my favorite sandwich places in jack's it's called angie sub so that we went there um created a, a flow motion sub and then we donated the profits from that sub so when people came in they knew that if they bought that sub that they were going to get it was going towards a donation to a right. charity. so like the, that's that and that was actually great you know it was great for us but that wasn't our intent but like it was just great to see the community come in and support that for a good cause, you know what I mean? Um, then we did it with a beer company too, um, Southern Swell, where we did a collab beer with them. And then like, we threw a huge party at their place. They're like a micro brew place and- uh, Yep. But yeah, like stuff like that's great. And then like for us, we always did, and we haven't done it in a while, we need to, we did like a lot of beach cleanups um, where there's a local girl that was doing them and we're like, hey, we wanna be involved. Can we donate clothes to give out to people that volunteer? And then like other sponsors came in and we're doing like beach cleanups once a month. So like, yeah, I, I love that stuff. Any community involvement, volunteer stuff where you can help a good cause is a, is a good thing for sure. So. Yeah. And we've been there. I mean, you know, my, my family bought the business at 90. Right. We've been there for a very long time. Like you have to understand, you know, just doing the right thing it's part of it you know you're making money off the community right and there's nothing i'm, I'm not saying it in a negative way i'm mean, fully right 
but I've seen businesses like not even give a gift card for an event. And look, I'm not judging what their position is, but if you're willing to, you know, go into a neighborhood, you should do something back, you know, and community involvement. You know, I used to read before COVID, um, there's some, you know, like reading elementary school programs. I used to be a reader and I used to always think they used to invite me because I would break bagels for the kids. Right. You know, and I'm like, that's why I was, because I was always like a top five, like, I'm like, yeah, because they want bagels. They don't want to hear me. <laughs> read. They don't care. You yeah. know, but it was so funny because they always like the kids, the teachers always, and I, I go, I interact, you know, and I'm there and part of it, like your face has to be out there. You, you're right. not, you know, and um, so no, for, for that, no, um, you know, I actually, um I don't know. Look, I've always said you can't I don't get offended by questions. I don't take things personally. And it's something I teach my staff because sometimes, you know, um, people take it personally. Like I've had staff members where they're like, oh, my God, they told me I did it wrong. Okay, well, put yourself in their shoes. You got the wrong sandwich. It's not about all they want is the right thing. The way that they worded it may have not been great. It doesn't matter. The end result. Right is what matters so i don't get offended i don't take yeah. things personally um i, I, so. I think for, for me though it's like um i think if people support right like they support your business they support what you're doing right and we always there's like this thing where we always talk about like you know it's funny how people will support like a big brand buy it religiously no discount no nothing and it's fine but then as soon as your friends try to do something it's like hey let me get a shirt let me get a hat and and for me like i made a facebook rant once where i was like listen uh i'm I'm more than happy to give a discount i'm more than happy to give you a shirt but like don't you think i'd be more willing to do that if i knew you supported the brand first like yeah, if like you're supporting me, like my family. Like a buy it, buy it, get buy one, get one, or something like that. Right, or you're just supporting us. Period. Then, like, yeah, of course. Like, if I knew that, then then I'd be more than likely to be like, hey, let's throw in some promo stuff or some freebies and like do what we can. But it's like, I don't know. It just gets annoying sometimes where people are like, let me get a discount. I'm like, I don't know. What, how about you just buy something? So. When people lead, lead with that, you, you ultimately know who they are as a person. Um, you know, like I just had, um, I had a, a big wholesaler, um, reach out to me the other day who I I've done a ton of business with and he reached out, you know, he's ordered for his family a ton of times, you know, and he's, he wants to send thank you packages to a bunch of, a bunch of people that buy wax from him. And his first thing was, he was like, look, I was going to go buy, like, I was thinking of buying, like, certain gifts, whatever. But he's like, I'd rather give you the money. And I'm absolutely, I'm going to discount him. I'm, I'm going to do it the right way, right? He didn't come for that, you know? Right. And, like, right. that's so forgotten. You're so right. I, I speak to my wife about that because I understand the conveniences of Amazon. And I understand the DoorDash and Uber and stuff, right? But I'm trying to teach Hudson. Hudson's turning seven. Right. And to Hudson, ordering in is a normal thing. Right. He's like, just order it. We don't have to go. And I'm like <laughs> trying to break that so right. badly, right? right? Where like last night he wanted something and I'm like, sure, but we I'm, we can go get, can we go to the establishment? 
right? Because ultimately, like I told you, DoorDash was a great idea, right? And right. Uber Eats and all those. However, um, they take five to fifteen percent of right. the sale, right? And I'm, you know, I'm okay with it. There's a lot of places like it, it's hard. You're losing Man. a chunk of profit. Well, and it's like, and for me, like, so there's that where the business is losing money, and then I, I don't want to pay an extra twenty bucks to have a freaking cheeseburger and fries. Delivered. Yeah. Like and, I refuse. My I got teenagers, and they're like, my like little Donnie lives in Jacks, right? So he lives away from us. So if if I talk to him and I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing for dinner? And they don't know, then I'll Uber eat some food. But like for me personally, I'm like, for my kids, I will pay it. But for me, I will not. I don't know if right. that even makes sense, but I won't. Because no, it's a, it's a, yeah. And I'm not paying. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with you a hundred percent, but th- for me more than that, I want Hudson to understand. And like the earlier you show that to kids, you yeah. know, and I'm trying so hard, but for him, like the, the arguments he was like, Oh, but we're spending less time together. Well, I'm like, this kid will argue to the death already. Yeah. But, you know, I'm like, look, I want to, I understand. And I've always tried to teach my wife, like, try not to use credit cards because there's fees. Like, everything, the, the every little bit goes a long way for a small business. Yeah. Nobody ever complains that Amazon is not discounting something. Nobody right. is ever complaining or crying right. at Target, right? But you, everybody goes into a small business and completely tears them down. Yep. No, and but it's that's so crazy. Right. But that's even like when I when I ask you if I can order stuff, I'm always like consciously like, Redeem, how much do I owe you? What do I owe you? Please tell me what I owe you. Because I, I just, I don't want you to send me anything without me. No, and I know, and I appreciate it so much. And like, I, you know, I always, I always try to do the right thing for everybody. And, and especially because I'm so appreciative of it. Um, I also do it. People misunderstand. <laughs> so um, reckless, they just ordered stuff for for their holiday party, and Jeremy's daughter is an intern at the company, <laughs> yeah. and, and his assistant. So she sent me an email for the order, and you know how I am. You've dealt with me, right? I always take money after because look, yeah. packages get lost, things happen, you know. So he was on her so bad because he thought they weren't going to get, I wasn't going to actually do the order because I wouldn't take money in advance for it. And they were ordering for their whole company. And I finally, I picked up the phone because I saw the emails, um, because <laughs> I saw the whole email thread and he was like yelling at her. Yeah. He's like, what are you doing? Like, I told you to take care of this. I called him up and I'm like, look, I do business a different way. I need to make sure a product gets there. I've had it. I, I just had it happen. Over the holidays, I sent um, a holiday package to somebody who's a massive package. UPS screwed up, you know, and it, and look, these things happen. Uh, for me, it's so much more important for me to make sure the product's there before I get paid. And look, it's funny. I say that, right? And then I have guys, people who, who end up not paying me and, and stuff like that after. And I laugh about it because I'm like, that's my own demise, right? Because of the way right, that right, I, right. I do it. Um, but yeah, especially hobby guys, I'm not worried about, you know, or, or people because they know how social media works and they don't want to be the guy called out for, for, for something, you know, um, you should call them out. Um, so I, 
I have my my favorite bagel in my mind, right? And my favorite cream cheese. And I hope my two favorite. Are, so, like, what's the top bagel and top cream cheese that's sold in your store? So, plain and everything are the top bagels. It's so funny. Everybody always laughs and they're like, how mm-hmm. is plain? I'm like, because it is. It's, it's everybody's go-to. It's a general, yeah. you know, and everything. Uh, multigrain sunflower are extremely popular. Especially, obviously, it's a healthier option. The French right. toast bagels have become a big thing. But French toast bagels, like, how many women are going to eat? They'll take it down when they're hung over and banged up. Right, right, you right, know, right. like, it's something like that, you know. Um, so I have a lot, you know, plain and everything. Veggie cream cheese is is the most popular flavor cream cheese. Um, but favorite. I know you, you like French toast with cinnamon raisin, right? No, my daughter, your wife, my your no, daughter. daughter. Okay. Yeah, I remember yeah. somebody no, my, was, <laughs> no, my, my absolute favorite is, uh, if I, sometimes I don't get cream cheese, but my favorite is egg, everything, which is butter. Okay. Toast, yeah. Toasted with butter. That's my favorite. You're a simple uh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I have cream cheese, it's the veggie cream cheese for sure. And then okay. for some reason, uh, one of the Long Island surfers, we were surfing out in Montauk one day, and he was like, you ever had an egg everything with plain cream cheese and bacon? And I was like, what? Like, no egg, no nothing? And he was like, yeah, just bacon. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. no, but I'm about to. And that's that's actually life-changing as well. Oh, people sleep on cream cheese and bacon. You oh know, like God, it's so it, good. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because the health-wise, I – actually would go cream cheese and bacon is healthier than bacon egg and cheese oh yeah i think so too 100 <laughs> percent. so you know um it, but it's so funny having the, these conversations because people are like i'll hear something in a in the store and they're like oh you've never heard something this crazy i'm like what do you mean i have i have a customer that gets a bacon egg and cheese with ketchup hot sauce and jelly that doesn't sound too bad actually it's not, but people like yeah, yeah, and look, yeah. it's different strokes for different folks. I so never I'm, I'm hate a, on things. I'm a ketchup hot sauce mayo if I'm doing bagels. okay. But that ever, I don't think I ever told you this. You know, my first job was at a bagel shop. I didn't know that. So, uh, <laughs> so my friend, I, when I first moved to Florida, this other kid in the class, it was like his first week in Florida as well. So they were from Long Island. And his parents moved to Florida and opened a bagel shop. And uh, so they're Long Island people. And uh, their bagel shop was across the street from the beach in Daytona. And I'll never forget, his dad was like, you guys want to surf early tomorrow? And we're like, yeah. So he's like, all right, well, then come with me to the bagel shop. So this guy would start dragging us to the bagel shop at 2 in the morning. We would get there. The sun's not up, so we can't surf. And he'd be like, let me let me show you guys how to make bagels. So... <laughs> So after like a month or two in the summertime, he's like, hey, I'll, you know, and back then, God, what year was this? Probably like 99, right? Not even 97, 98. He's like, I'll pay you guys $10 an hour if you guys go in, open the bagel shop. I was like, you're going to pay me $10 an hour cash? And he's like, yeah, do you, can you, do you guys know how to do it? I'm like, yeah, I know how to do it. So that's what we did. So he, and, and they were a board's head deli on top of it. So it was like. That was like the most ridiculous summer for me. I remember getting up at 1.30. We'd drive to Daytona. Me, my buddy, and his older brother would make all the bagels. And, like, 
And then I would just sit there and make the most ridiculous sandwiches because he had all the boars had meat too. So like, right. yeah, it was, oh man, it was like, that was like the best summer. But so yeah. maybe I, I have to fight Brandon for <laughs> your, for your, uh, and he had, bro, do... I don't know how you do it, but he had like the, it was like two by fours with like burlap on it. And you know, yeah, to, that's exactly you, what it, yeah. That's the proper way to and flip it, you know, like, oh, I got burned a lot, but it was awesome though. Like, yeah, well, then then maybe instead of college hunks, we'll talk bagels still in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. You never know. You know. So. I'm, I'm going to be a free agent after this summer, so I'm going to the high, highest bidder. So. Okay. Well, that guy, you know, I don't know. Maybe we could do uh, – he, he won't need you till 10, so maybe you could do like 5 to, five to 9. <laughs> he gets you at 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to wear me out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> whatever works <laughs> yeah the so, uh well hey listen i, I want to be mindful of your time like we've been on for like over an hour so much i, it was, I really uh, appreciate it it's always a good time it was yeah it was awesome i appreciate it. i feel like we could keep talking for sure but uh um, yeah no we'll do another one i'll i'll get a better better handle you know what now that now that i'm like really i i hired a few more people and things are good right. i'm back to like normal where morning time, like from like eight to like twelve, you know, I could re I could squeeze in time. Okay, for sure. Yeah. Let me know. Maybe, right. uh, I'm trying to think. Maybe we can get someone else on too next time. But I, I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm glad we got. Thank this. you. Yeah, I'm very yeah. glad we got it. Appreciate it, know, brother. I'll let you know when I put it out. So. All right. Thanks, Thank man. you. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Break and Wax podcast. Please, if you enjoyed it, share it. Um, send the link out. Put it on your story. I welcome all feedback and comments. Send me a message. Let me know what you're thinking about, what you want to talk about. And if you want to be a guest on the show, I answer all my DMs. I think it's weird when people don't. That's another story for another day. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate the support and all the love. Peace. Peace.